You're listening to the Calm and Cozy Podcast, a show about rest, finding relief from insomnia, and appreciating sleep as the ultimate act of self-care and self-love. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth, author of the Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep, and as a sweet listener once called me, your sleep fairy godmother. This episode is about a recent change in my life and in my home and in my sleep space. If you're new here, you should know, first of all, that I have a history of oversharing my life. You should also know that I love my bed and I believe that a calming and peaceful bedroom can play a part in helping you get a good night's sleep. I believe in the power of cozy bedding and inspiring decor and relaxing essential oils. I'm also the person who fought to keep the term happy sigh from being edited out of my book because I literally let out a happy sigh every night as I get into bed. I just love my bedroom. And then we moved and suddenly I'm sleeping in the living room of a small white apartment. So I thought I should tell you how I turned a living room corner into a peaceful and inviting bedroom space. Let's start with why. In an effort to pay for just one mortgage like normal people, Jake sold the townhouse that we were living in. The future plan was for us to eventually live in a little log cabin three hours north, but we're not ready for that yet. So this move is really supposed to be a transition for us. And for a short time, we had a solid plan that we felt good about. Then the plan fell apart. Then the backup plan fell apart. And so did the backup plan for the backup plan. We had one week to be out of the townhouse and we had to make a quick decision. It was very stressful. And then add on Jake losing his dad and grieving for him and taking care of his mom because his dad was his mom's caregiver. It was a lot. There was a lot going on. And Jake had admitted to me that he really couldn't make the decision. So I went online and I found us a place to live. The trickiest part was finding a dog-friendly building. We entertained several ideas, including family guest rooms and Airbnb longer-term rentals. I decided rather spontaneously on a one-bedroom apartment on a ground floor of a five-story building that was okay with us having a dog. So in some ways it wasn't ideal, but in other ways it was perfect. It really felt like divine intervention that we got this place because it had just been updated, it was lovely, and the property manager really liked me, and it was affordable for me, and although there were several other applicants, she fought to get me in there. So we decided to keep both beds, even though the apartment only had one bedroom. And if you didn't already know this about my relationship, we sleep in separate beds. We are both light sleepers, Jake sleeps with the dog, and sharing a bed just was not working for us. I have a past episode on happy couples who sleep in separate beds, if you want to hear more about that. The plan was to put my bed, which is a double mattress, in the living room and then turn it into a cute day bed type thing. So I covered it with a really soft blanket and approximately 10 big comfy pillows. 
I thought it could be used as a couch during the day and then a guest bed whenever anyone stayed over. Jake's bed, which has a queen mattress, would go into the bedroom and we figured we'd have a go at sharing a bed like a normal couple. Well, the next morning, Bo was sprawled out like an adorable a-hole across our legs. Jake had been awake for most of the night because he couldn't stretch out and I was awake most of the night because Bo was twitching. So that's why I sleep in the main area of our apartment. And just for the record, in case any of you feel like Jake should have given me the bedroom because I'm the girl, it works better for us because he gets warm at night. He likes to sleep with the window open. And we are also having some problems with Bo barking loudly at hall noises. So to have him locked in the bedroom with Jake and the white noise machine was perfect. I'm also the one who wakes up earlier, so it's better that I be in the main area. And not that it was any of your business, I just thought I would clear that up. I have no complaints. I'm very content. I love my bed. As much as I love my new sleep space, my new bedroom is very different from my old bedroom. For one, it's in an area with a lot of little lights. The light on the modem and the light on the box for the satellite TV, the clock on the stove. There's also the bathroom window at the end of the hall with that street light that shines in. So blackout stickers work well to cover the lights that you don't need to see all the time. And then blackout curtains are amazing for windows. I have to say, overall, the room isn't as dark as I would like, but you know what? It's a good exercise in falling asleep despite everything in my environment being imperfect. When it comes to noises, we are very lucky to have quiet neighbors. So quiet, in fact, that I'm often afraid something's wrong with them. I'm tempted to occasionally knock and then run away just to listen for voices. I mean, I am convinced that we would eventually smell the bodies, but I do hope it never comes to that. Maybe I should bake them some banana bread and go introduce myself just in case. I do have to contend with hallway voices and banging doors. Why do people do that? And we have a weird clicking noise in the hallway. So I kind of rotate between earplugs and white noise because I hear everything while I'm falling asleep. It has taken a bit of time to get used to sleeping in an open area. I'm used to closing my bedroom door and feeling enclosed and cozy. I've worked hard to make the space comfortable and inviting and I make sure I feel safe in my sleep space because feeling safe is so important for sleep. One way I feel safe is by putting the chain lock on the door. We live in a safe neighborhood, but I still feel weird knowing that There are people in our building who have a key to our door and the chain gives me that feeling of no one's coming in. You can go to sleep. And when I talk about feeling safe, I don't just mean safe from danger. For me, being woken up and feeling like I'm prepared for whatever comes next also makes me feel safe. I'll explain what I mean. Three times in our first few weeks at our apartment, I was woken up before 8 a.m. by a knock on our door. All three times, I was not expecting anyone and was jolted awake by the knock. The first time, it was a guy holding a spray gun 
asking if I was the person with the ant problem, to which I responded, oh god, I hope not. And he obviously had the wrong apartment, and he apologized and left. The second and third time, it was someone looking for the maintenance office. Our door clearly shows a three-digit number, not the words maintenance office, but whatever, right? Close enough. So twice I was unprepared to stand in front of a strange man at the door. I was wearing short shorts and a white t-shirt with no bra on, so naturally I hid the best bits behind the door both times. The third time I was prepared. I had kept a long cardigan sweater near the door, so when the knock came, the only thing he had an eyeful of was the pillow creases on my cheek and my sexy pasty white legs. When I nap, I feel safe by telling whomever I'm with that I'm going for a nap. I go to a space where I'm pretty sure I won't be disturbed, and then I'll usually put headphones in and listen to white noise. Doing these things tells me I'm safe to fall asleep now. But let's get back to the living room bedroom thing. A few ways I made my sleep space cozy were by adding pillows, textured fabrics, plants. I also put up some gorgeous wall hangings. One was by my best friend who does macrame. And I'm not talking about the cheesy 80s macrame. I'm talking about the stuff you see on Pinterest. And then I had another wall hanging by the same artist who designed my book cover. The pillows on the bed are really nice. And when I'm not sleeping in my bed, I'm sitting against the pillows and using it as my couch. I have to admit, removing all of the pillows before bed and then every morning putting them all back, it's a bit of a pain, but I like the day bed as the second couch and it really works for me. Another thing I did to make the space my own at bedtime was to bring my bedside table into the room and to use it as an end table. It's kind of wedged between the couch and my bed and then the drawers hold my bedtime belongings, you know girly shit like the chapstick and the hair elastics and the black leather handcuffs. You know, the huge. Sometimes I bring my diffuser to my little bedside table and I'll diffuse a favorite bedtime blend. And then the mist doubles as a humidifier. <laughs> I know, pretty smart, right? So as I was planning this episode, I thought I'd take to Instagram and find out what helps you make your sleep space extra cozy. And your responses were all of my favorite things. Pillows, cozy bedding, essential oils. One of my followers asked me about keeping a sleep space sacred when it doubles as a workspace. And I thought that was an excellent question. I admit that I have told you in the past on this podcast to keep your bed for sleep and sex only. I've also changed my tune a little over the years because I do believe that once your relationship with sleep improves, your bed can be a really comfortable and enjoyable place to relax. I'm going to go one step further now because I myself am using my bed as a place where I occasionally work during the day. I often sit on my couch slash daybed thingy for Zoom calls or while I'm creating business things on my laptop or while watching Bridgerton on Netflix. I will say one reason this works for me is that my bed is not my bed during the day. 
the two gabillion pillows I told you about earlier. Having to transform my couch into a bed is part of the evening transition for me. And as you know, I'm a big fan of evening routines. So transforming my work and relax space into my sleep space is part of that routine. Does that make sense? Every evening, I change into my t-shirt, my little shorts. I turn off the main light and then I turn on my bedside light, which is a transition. Then I remove all the pillows and I prepare my bed for sleep. That's the transition. That's the routine. In the morning, I put the pillows back on the bed. I open the blinds and my bedroom has turned back into my living room and workspace. Now my book, The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep, has a section on making your sleep space into a haven. I cover paint colors, plants, bedding. You can get my book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, Indigo Chapters, or go to my website sleepcoachbeth.com and I've got the links on my book page. If you have an unconventional sleep space, I want to see it. Send me a picture. Find me on Instagram at sleepcoachbeth or send me an email at hello at sleepcoachbeth.com. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you're finding ways to take care of yourself and relax during this really weird, stressful time. Sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep, good night, mama.